Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My talkers, it is Thursday. We're hanging out with Lori and Julia. One more day to the weekend. We're here to have some fun with them. And being Thursday, we've got Lori's theories. Holly's in for a dirt alert, which should be interesting. And it looks like you're getting some good, amazing movies, guys. What do you What do you have to say okay, about that? Okay, so if I say there's a sequel to a movie and the name of the sequel is Triplets, will you have any idea what... I do, because I heard about this. What is it? It's twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We talked about this yesterday. Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Danny DeVito, and they were going to have um, Eddie Murphy play the third, and he mm-hmm. can't do it because of scheduling, and it's going to be our... Tracy um, Morgan. Tracy Morgan. And, um, well, you know, these guys are producing this movie. Oh, really? Yes, they are producing this movie. And, um, I mean, first of all, some of our old favorite actors have a movie again. Okay, Danny DeVito and love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and they, yeah. they're so great. That Twins movie really was funny. It was great. And I love Tracy Morgan, and I think he will be very funny. And I don't know what their characters will be doing at their ages. I mean, will the movie be more slapstick like the original or more nuanced? Who who knows? But they're producing the movie like an independent film to finance it themselves because... Uh, you know, they don't really, they want to do it the way they have envisioned. Yeah. Right. So it's another popular movies from the 80s and 90s that is getting rebooted or getting a sequel. But I, triplets, I mean, it's been 33 years that we've waited for triplets. That'll be fun. I kind of think it will be. I the twins was hysterical. It oh, it was, was quite successful. I, I, it was hysterical. Oh, just Danny DeVito being, what, all of four feet tall and right. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Right. Yeah, and it was a huge hit yes. for Universal at the time. It was $216 million And uh, um, so anyway, so here's the premise of Triplets. Okay. Just to give it to you, just to get a little excited. If you want, secretly there is a third baby born, a black baby. Who hasn't been touch? Who hasn't been in touch with his siblings? They don't know each other, and very early in the movie they meet, and it's how they achieve a bond together after all these years. It's really a movie about family, and no matter how different we all are, we have to learn to get along. And these guys have great chemistry together, and you can see it in the real. And it's um, uh, what's his name? Um, Him, Ivan Reitman, I think. Whoever that the is, the Ghostbusters. Oh. Guy, you know, yeah, that writer, the uh, like uh, the kid, or I can't remember if it's the kid or the dad, but anyway, so they got good people all the way around, and I kind of think it sounds funny. I think it sounds totally funny. Now, a movie that we're going to be talking about, Julia, and you know, Bradley Cooper is on a quest for his Oscar. His friend Brad Pitt got one, but he has been, you know, been in some good movies. He's been nominated. Well, there's a movie coming out. Um, and I think it'll be out this fall, and it's from Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah, who wrote The Shape of Water. Which is, of course, the weirdest movie the Academy Ever. Award has voted for in a long time. It is about... It's the best picture. 
you know, there is fish screwing that does yeah. happen in this goofy movie. Sea monster really? screwing. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. It's the, it's, Merman I, screwing. Yeah, I, never, I didn't even bother watching yeah. that. Oh, so, yeah, no. anyway, but I think this is going to be an incredibly competitive, good movie year. Like last year, you know, 2020, it was like weird, kind of weird. Yeah. But like we're going to have, because all this backlog of movies is coming forward. Sure. So Guillermo del Toro, this movie, which is called... Nightmare Alley is not anything supernatural or scary or scary like okay. Crimson Peak, which was another. It's Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. Oh, I love them both. Love them both. And um, Vanity Fair. What's it called? It's Nightmare called Nightmare Alley. Alley. William Defoe. I love Willem him. Defoe Willem was Defoe was in it. Yeah. And um, so it's uh, what it's about. It is a con man played by Bradley Cooper is a carnival sideshow magician who learns the art of cold reading from the carnival's mentalist, played by Tony Collette. Wow. Wow. Before striking out on his own, Rooney Mara will play his partner in the con, and Kate Blanchett, the psychiatrist who attempts to expose him. And Ron Perlman is in it, David Strathern, Mary Steenburgen, Richard Jenkins. I mean, wow. it's this is a cast. It's a cast. It's a craft. Um, it's 19th set in the late 40s. 40s. Yeah, it's a period setting, and we're going to be hearing a lot about Nightmare Alley over the next month. Because when is it coming out? It's coming out like I, we don't have a date yet, but it, for award season in time, yeah, whatever that no is. No release date yet. No but. release date. But if they've done this long look with vanity fair mm-hmm. it's coming it's finished it's okay. you know they're just agreeing on a date agreeing on is the movie just going to be in theaters for right. one month before it streams and all these other huh. things they have to talk I'm about i'm excited to see a 1940 style bradley cooper the the movie poster has him in a dark silhouette with a 40 style top hat and, a, and we and have a suit. seen him with this sort of slick yes. he looked kind and of like what is he, yeah what yeah. is he doing what is he doing that what he's part? Yeah, so that's what he's doing. And um, the internet can't get enough of the fact that Timothy Chalamet and uh, Larry David had uh, lunch together at St. Ambrose out on a sidewalk cafe. And the photos went viral because they were having so much fun together. They were How laughing. Do you know each other? Well, apparently they know each other because Larry David's daughter, Rami, knows Timothy Chalamet. Got it. And they just were laughing and they hugged each other goodbye. And, you know, but people were just, I mean, Larry David has been in New York. He went to Fashion Week and plugged his ears. Really? I mean, he's kind of giving people, I can't wait for Curb to come back. I'm two seasons behind on that one. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That show is so, so funny. funny, though. It is so, so funny. It just... Just so you know, when we talked about the Bodyguard remake and you said you're like okay with it and everything, it does have the biggest movie soundtrack shoes in the world to fill. Because oh, the sure. Bodyguard is the best selling movie soundtrack of I all time. That. I have that. Of all time. I have it. No other mm. movie soundtrack they, has done what that movie is. And they, done. one of the songs I swear is on it three times because there's Could not be. that many songs right. in that movie. Yeah. And oh gosh! And it came out in '92, so there have yeah. been a lot of movie yeah. soundtracks, and and it still holds that record. And when that came out in '92, it grossed like over four hundred million dollars, which 
It's a lot of money. Like probably be a, right. Yeah. So th- they do have big shoes to fill, and um, Hollywood is um, applauding Benedict Cumberbatch for his amazing interview in the Hollywood Reporter, looking like uh, almost like Robert Evanish, you know, like from the seventies. Kind of redeeming himself after no, he didn't do it. I'm thinking getting him mixed up with the other one. Who's the other one? That went out with Taylor Swift. Oh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. No, he's the other movie that we'll be buzzing about. Um, and also, Holly posted a trailer for this new Tom Hanks movie. I yeah. don't know if it's a movie or series, Finch, but we're getting sci-fi Tom Hanks, and it kind of looked good. Yes, it does. It does. So, But Benedict is in a movie called The Power of the Dog. Which premiered, it was in Venice, then it was at the Toronto Film mm-hmm. Festival. It's getting rave reviews. He plays this cowboy, um, and he oh. in Montana, and he's working on a ranch. And anyway, he had to do all this stuff, but he gives this interview, and he talked about how he kind of went method. He didn't bathe a lot as the cowboy. Right. He worked on a ranch. He had to learn how to play the banjo. He had to learn how to castrate a bull. He had to learn how to roll a cigarette with one hand. Now, that would be a challenge. <laughs> and that would be a challenge. The hardest thing he had to do for the power of the dog he, is whistle. Not, not, many, not many people whistle anymore. And some people have weak whistles. And he needed to whistle. Apparently, a wrangler needs to whistle. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, that's, part, yeah, that's a big yeah. part of it. Anyway, he said that was the part he would just, he said I would weekly blow soundless things and everyone would be all mic'd up and we did a million takes <laughs> of whistling. But Hollywood is cheering Benedict Cumberbatch, who is under contract at Marvel, about answering the question about Scarlett's lawsuit against Disney. Mm-hmm. People are very happy um, that he said it's sad what's going on between right. the lawyers, the verbiage, the accusations when they put in the statement about her, put it in a global pandemic context. The whole thing's just a mess. We're trying to understand the revenue streams for a billion-dollar business that's Disney, and it has to be contractualized. How does it work? This is new territory. It should have been done. And, you know, so anyway, Hollywood is going, thank you, Benedict, for not saying, uh, I'm not going to answer that. Well, exactly. Because he's under, because they could have asked their actors if they're under contract not to say anything. And he just basically did back up Scarlett and said something. He just said, you know, it needs and so to get worked out. And Lee Curtis, too. He, well, so yeah, but she's not under Marvel. Right, I mean, true. he's in the Marvel yes, universe. He he's taking a bigger risk. Yeah, it's like being on a football team and going against your own football team. Not a smart move. Yeah, well, this is smart on his well, part. yes, but. For this, because it's more, it's a little bit different because he enjoys doing it. But he knows, he called it out, they're a billion dollar business and they have to figure out how to do He's good with these kinds of conversations. Lori, he is. Yeah. And, you know, I get not showering for days if you're trying to be a cowboy on a ranch. You did that once, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, did what? it in Sturgis a you couple of months ago. You dated a cowboy. <laughs> I did. Have I forgotten my cowboy? At the cowboy bar, <laughs> Sherlyn. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, yes. Look at, good I Lord. know your... Time is a construct, I and I have lost... I lost it. history. Yeah. I know you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, that's great. So, Isn't that terrible? I mean, like, I yeah. can't. You, you know can't, her hookups and dates better than she does. You have no idea. 
Uh, How much I know. All right. Um, You've been with my brother so damn long, though. I can't believe I can still remember the old days. I know. Well, every once in a while, Julia, I reach into the memory bank and I remind (laughs) you of something quite saucy that happened in my past. All right. When we come back, Holly, is Julia, you're going to have a hard time with, I think, one of her stories in the Dirt Alert, but... It's in a book. It's okay. I can leave. Yeah, can you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, we'll be right back with Holly in the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly, please deliver the dirt. All right, we will deliver the dirt. Now, before we get to the story, Lori, that you teased before we came to this segment. That you're not going to like. Now, we have a notable obituary that I feel like we need to address uh, before we get to that story. Jane Powell. Oh, who starred in a number of MGM musicals, including Royal Wedding and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, yes. has passed away at the age of 92. I was going to say she has to be in her 90s. Yeah. MGM musicals. Musicals, yeah. Starring in those. Now, uh, she had a seven-year contract with MGM starting in 1943. Wow. Yeah, so she had... I feel co- like we got to know Jane in that documentary or whatever about that MGM documentary about the MGM days. Holly, I feel like you and I watched it and it you was guys like, did. I can't remember what it was, but like we really you learned. You about, know where you watched it at project down in dirty. Oh, you're talking right. about that's entertainment. That's, that's entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I was thinking it was a documentary about that's entertainment, yeah. but it was it's that's a, entertainment. Yeah. That's yeah, good. by the way, if you've never seen the film series, that's entertainment. Oh, it's there's so good. There's three of them and they're all on HBO max right now. Under yeah, the oh, they t- are. yeah, under the Turner Classic oh, Movie tab. Are. Yes. So if you want to celebrate Jane Powell, celebrate MGM musicals, they're fabulous. It's so good. They're so good. There's three of them. So please enjoy and remember Jane Powell today, who has passed away at the age of 92. Now going on to the story that Julia may or may not want to listen to. This is coming from a new unauthorized biography. Oh, is it about Angelina Jolie? No. no. Oh. It's about the story of Grey's Anatomy, the television series <laughs> on ABC. And one of the things we're learning from an excerpt published in The Hollywood Reporter today is that Patrick Dempsey was a nightmare on the set of Grey's Anatomy. Which, when he left... Was gossiped about. Yes, Shonda was. Rhimes yes, even was. pointedly said some things. I mean, I'm gonna just be honest. We're not surprised, but we I'm haven't known. They kept a lid on this. If you haven't seen Maid of Honor, give us the scoop, Holly. Tell oh. us what it says. Tell us <laughs> I, what I'm happened. Gonna... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Say he was probably taking, he was under duress. Don't make any excuses for him. Tell us what he did first. I'm uh, kidding. These accusations are coming from the unauthorized biography of Grey's Anatomy. The book is called How to Save a Life, The Inside Story of Grey's Anatomy. And apparently uh, he was really horrible on the set. And um, Shonda Rhimes talking. Now we're getting some dirt from one of the producers of Grey's Anatomy, James Perriott who was brought on to help craft uh, his exit from the show. 
Apparently, there was an HR issue or issues with Patrick Dempsey, so says this producer. Now, the producer, Perriot, says it wasn't sexual in any way, but he was sort of terrorizing the set. Some cast members had all sorts of PTSD with him. Oh, Al- for crying out loud. Allegations in Are they the book. going to bo- say that about us? <laughs> Allegations in the you. book say. <laughs> I don't think so. He had this hold on set where he knew he could stop production and scare people. Oh, that's gross. (laughs) The network in the studio came down and we had sessions with them. I think he was just done with the show. Now, this producer is also claiming of Patrick Dempsey. He didn't like the inconvenience of coming in every day and working. Well, I want a four-day work week. and, And that Patrick Dempsey and Shonda Rhimes we're at each other's throats. Mm. I well, believe that. These I were totally all the rumors. That. And I, he wasn't the warmest no. on the red carpet. No, I In believe, fact, we were so shocked at I, how cold he I was. was I, if he even knew the dedicated time, right. he was on the man wall more than anybody else. He was so else. cold. I can see him being really one of these kind Dinkus. of, yeah, a His dink head got too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's actually a quote from Patrick Dempsey in this book. Really? So they got him on the record talking about his time on Grey's Anatomy. He, he said, did he apologize? Uh, not quite no. so, right. but he said it's 10 months of filming Grey's, 15 hours a day. You never know your schedule, so your kids ask you, what are you doing on Monday? And you go, I don't know, because I don't know my schedule. Wah, 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 wah. So he said, during <laughs> that 11 years, it's challenging, but you have to be grateful because you're well compensated, so you can't really complain because you don't really have a right you don't have control over your schedule so you just have to be flexible so he's justifying being yeah. a dink yes that's what he's doing right there yes that's what he's doing because mm-hmm. i mean i bet he was a dink to all the below the line i'm people. sure he was too and he was probably dismissive to ellen pompeo mm-hmm. i bet because i bet he thought he was the star even though the show is named after her character yes it is yeah and apparently another producer says in this unauthorized gray's anatomy biography that Shonda Rhimes finally witnessed mm. Patrick Dempsey's not so nice behavior, and it was reportedly the final straw. straw. So and he was abruptly boom. That was yeah, shocking, was. and we knew the rumor was Shonda. Yeah, and I suppose you know when the showrunner Shonda Rhimes, a powerful person, is seeing how you're actually behaving, and it's not through hearsay, it's not through the yeah. grapevine, and you're actually seeing how this behavior is impacting. All of a sudden, you're getting ready. You have no right how you're going to write him out. I know just how I'm going to kill him on the show. <laughs> I've been thinking about it ever since I saw this. Right. Oh, my goodness. So this book promises to give you all the Grey's Anatomy gossip, and uh, it's a 320-page oral history I feel of like Grey's you just Anatomy. told us the highlights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's probably a lot more. Well, the show is starting, I believe, its 18th season this oh, year. Oh, my no gosh. Kidding. And people still love it? Yeah. It's consistently, I think, you know, obviously it gets enough ratings for ABC where they're going to keep it on for, you know, goodness knows how long. Do you think they're regretting still about not giving Shonda Rhimes the tickets to Disney World for her friends? Definitely. Disneyland members, she yeah. wouldn't get them? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, ABC's loss is the world's game because we got Bridgerton as a result of Shonda Rhimes going to Netflix. And we would have never gotten that on ABC. No, we wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, Let's go over to page six. They're talking about Wendy Williams reportedly taken to a hospital for a mental health check. Now, this is according to a spokesperson for the New York Police Department saying that they received a call at 843 Tuesday Mm -hmm. requiring an ambulance to transport a 57-year-old woman 
residing at Wendy Williams's Manhattan address for a psychiatric evaluation. I so, think she's really struggling. Yeah. yeah. I, I think her health is really kind of wackadoodle. No, and she might have fallen back into a bad yeah. habit. Of yeah, pill she dependency. had a pill problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, poor Wendy. Yeah. That's too bad. So they've delayed the start of filming for the Wendy Williams show until October. But didn't they give us like an exact date? Yes, they did. October 4th. So she, it's doesn't, pretty, get to, it's, she doesn't get long to be. No, I, I don't know. It'll be pushed back. I don't know. I mean, yesterday her team put out that she tested COVID positive. Even though she'd been vaccinated now, I, I feel like there's a lot of stories going on and we don't, all we know we is know something is going on, but none of the, probably that the COVID thing probably isn't even true. Yeah. And uh, we got some gossip from uh, the cast of Grease, the guy who played Eugene, the nerd in the original movie version of Grease, Eddie Deason, was arrested at a Maryland restaurant today. For God's sakes, I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> oh, well, he was allegedly going on a rampage where he refused to leave and threw plates and food at the cops. Oh, this is never a good idea. You are going to wind up with a mugshot. Yes. So, that's Thursday's I can't gossip. Picture, I can't picture who that guy is. He played is. the nerd. The nerd. In Grease. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I only no. had eyes for Sandy and what's his name? You had no time Danny. for nerds. Danny. Danny Zuko. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. No, and Rizzo. And Rizzo. And Rizzo. And Frenchie. And Frenchie. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Kanicki? Did you have eyes for Kanicki? We like Kanicki. <laughs> so everybody but Eugene. Yeah, okay. exactly. Thanks, I know who Eugene was. Hi, talkers. It is Thursday, so we've got Lori's theories coming up right now, guys. She has a theory. Julia, it's not like I was a mind reader or anything for theories today, but you did just express just a mere few minutes ago your desire, deep desire for everyone to have a four-day work week. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) listen to this, you guys. (laughs) So they've done some time management studies and research. Okay. And it turns out, everybody, there is an optimal number of hours that we should work every day. Yes. Because there's so much more evidence coming in that putting in more hours doesn't equal productivity and that there is a productivity hour that you would, just burn out. No, that, that there's optimum. And okay. here's the answer. It is 7.6 hours a day equaling a 38-hour work week. Oh, that's never going to happen. And the theory is, the theory is that productivity just falls off the cliff if you work over 50 hours a week, and it drops like, uh, you know, rock even more after 55 hours. But it's significant. Um, And that... um, Okay, I'll give you someone, I'll give you a country that now I know it's a smaller country and everything, but for eight years in a row, they have been named the, they're named the happiest country in the world. And that is Denmark. And Denmark, a 38 hour work week is, that's typical for everybody. Right. And um, they rarely put in more than 37 or 38 hours a week. They leave the office usually by four family time and all of this mm-hmm. and other Scandinavian countries do similar work life. Americans are not taking all their vacation days and they report working on vacation and maybe 38 hours a week and a six week vacation thing isn't going to be practical for you. But here's my theory to any job seeker out there. Negotiate more vacation time. 
ding, they ding, won't ding, give ding. you the money. You just say, I need four weeks of vacation. I love it. Mm-hmm. It used to be three. We've upped it. Oh, no. Ask for seven and work it work down to four. four. Oh, yeah. But uh, if that is the perfect blend of productivity, happiness, and time affluence is to go for the goal of working less than 40 hours per week. All right. And even just shaving an hour or two off the 40 hours can have both huge benefits at home and at work. Oh, yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know. Less than 10% of people are able to subscribe to this, Julia. But here's to the 38-hour work week and maybe sometimes just go home and have your dinner and leave work at home. It'll all be there in the morning. Yes, it is. It's not going anywhere. Okay. Here's another theory, uh, Julia. Would you believe it when I say that half of all Americans say they knew their partner was the one right away? Really? Yes, if you don't believe in love at first sight, this theory may change your mind All because right. half of Americans simply knew their partner was, quote unquote, quote unquote, the one the instant they met them. Now, I've got a problem with this. My theory is that, yes, and the one is incorrectly identified 50% of the time. <laughs> so that and, it could be, be, and it could be the yeah. one for right now. For right now. So I mean, there's a lot of modifiers yeah. to right. this. Right. So to I have to, like, I'm like, agree 100%. okay, you know, that's fine. And because you could, I mean, you qu- could know, like, qu- quite honestly, for a while there, when I was single, I would have at least a d- daydream or two that every single person I would be on a date with or a one night stand or a la weekend with, they were the one. Mm-hmm. You know, and they could have turned out that way, but you know, who could say? Who, yeah, who can say, Julia? Mm-hmm. Who can say? So, yeah, I'm like, okay, this really is quite, uh, quite a, a theory for them to say, oh, well, I knew right away. Well, yeah, but probably, you know, Half of you break up before, you know, yes. and you thought it too. So exactly. 100% of the time people think you're the one right uh, now. Yes, exactly. That's always, that's the caveat. That's mm-hmm. the, you know, for right now. So anyway, this was also a study sponsored by engagement rings. <laughs> and um, uh, and David's bridal. Uh, what do you think is the number one way that couples know that things are serious? Uh, what's your top? What's your number one guess, Julia? And I'll ask you, Graham. The number one way. How do couples know when things are getting seriously? What's serious? What's the number one thing most people think it is? When you're exclusive. That's labeling the partnership. Forty six percent of people right. consider that the. All right. That is, but there's, there's, uh, there's meeting the family. Ding, 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 ding. Meeting friends and family. Friends and family. There you go. Yeah. That's number one because, uh, meeting both, you can meet someone's parents. That might just be happenstance because there's a wedding or, but when you meet the friends and the family, then you know you're in. You're getting somewhere. There you go. Yeah. Now, when people say to you, I'm nervous about introducing you to my family, <laughs> you've been warned. <laughs> know that there's an issue. Yeah. Right up front. Right. Uh-huh. Well, okay, the University of uh, Riverside in California, they got a $500,000 grant from the National Science Foundation to see if there was a way that... Um, uh, 
So the COVID-19 vaccine, one of my theories about why this has gotten so fakakta and people think like it's, you know, telling bad things in your blood or you're being chipped or you're getting this is that they use this MR, this messenger RNA, which it, it teaches cells from your immune system to recognize and attack a certain disease. Okay. And that's gotten like that explanation. And even though it's been around for like 10 years, it has great implications for cancer that we can think of it as like programming, software programming inside your body. This is what freaks people out like that. The science of that. Yeah. So the university of Riverside is trying to figure out, can they grow messenger RNA. RNA on lettuce or other plants? So people could eat a salad and not get cancer. And, no, and get the COVID nineteen vaccine instead of an injection. They're actually working on that. Stop! I'm really? not even kidding. Wow! You could eat your plant based mRNA vaccine. They never sold it right. That's my theory. They never sold the messaging, but they scientists have never actually had to explain exactly what vaccines are. We've just like trusted and, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to die of measles, uh, you know, or whatever. So that's what they're doing. And the University of Riverside is very excited. They got a half a million dollar oh, grant and they are working. Well, that's kind of interesting. They say, they say that plants are capable of growing vaccines. And then they will oh det- my word. and that a single plant would be produce enough mRNA to vaccinate a single person. And this also helps the people who are wildly terrified of inoculations injections. Right. Wow. So this is, uh, you know, science. Kind of cool news. Yeah. Cool working. Stuff. I mean, cool science. who knows, yeah. but they did right. decide they would explore that because there is a way how the messenger RNA works yep. that could be adaptable to plant. That's cool. It'd be I'll, so great if they could figure this out with cancer, though, Lori. That's where my mind... That, that's yeah. what the MRA... That's that's why like people who've been really nervous about it and they think, oh, it just came upon too fast. They've been doing mRNA messenger... This type of... They've, for over 10 years, yep. they started right. doing this for SARS. Right. Yep. So, and It'd be so great to expand it to other areas. If you health. could see, you mm-hmm. think yeah. of it as your body making a software programming, go and attack that cancer cell. Right. That's uh, awesome. I mean, that's the big long term. Impl- right. And they've already started testing it on mice. Great. Cool. So, my All theory right. is right. that you will never be bored if you tune in at 5 30 on a Thursday. Is that it? You'll that's just, a that's theory. another theory right. of mine. <laughs> just another theory. I'll just go ahead and humble brag. Okay, listen, we come back. Uh, we got some other headlines for you people. All right, perfect. All right. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Bra- Bradley. Oh, <laughs> Bradley. Geez. Bradley Cooper. Thanks, Bradley Cooper I did over there. Just, this- I am just reading Bradley Cooper plays mind games. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Okay, so both Page Six and, and TMZ are reporting that Wendy Williams herself called. Uh, oh. that uh, they got a call for a woman re- for a psychiatric evaluation. Um, the, amid the reports, uh, a source told Page Six that Wendy is lonely and continues to struggle with her health, with her ep- ep- 
whatever that is, the her Epidemis, legs. Epi- epi- lympha- um, lymphedema. Lymphedema, thank you. I think. You started us on the E thing. Yeah. I was just following it through. Um, the source told Page Six, it's been a very difficult time for Wendy. She's a single woman with very few friends. She lost her marriage, her mom, and is living alone in the city after living. And she's an empty nester. I'm adding all this. And she went from... Having a home with a yard. I know, Julia, I feel there's a lot on her plate. I feel bad for Wendy. I do too. So bad. And you know, when she did her show, I mean, from her, her kitchen, husband was. God. But it was her family. It, she still, lost her whole family. She lost her whole family. That's so what she lost feel, by her husband going off and having a mistress and having yeah. another baby, and then her mom dies. Oh, I'm oh, sad. Oh, Wendy, for her. I feel bad for her. I, I know. really do. Um, I know. That's. Super sad. Yeah. Uh, all of that. And it's only been a couple years. Yeah, I know it. But she... And and Paulina Poroskova broke down oh. on Instagram today because today is the two-year anniversary of her husband, Rick Ocasek's path. And she found out after he passed away that he totally cut her out, cut of, her out of the will after she'd been his caretaker. And she called herself the crying lady of Instagram. But that it's been a really, really hard week for her. I think there's something, um, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, talking about today, you know, you get so many free articles a week. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I clicked on it, and I might have read half of it, but talking about how initially we were all, just talking about how people are on edge, Mm -hmm. but initially when all this started, we were all willing to just be okay with living in this higher alert kind of scary or mode suspended that we, time, suspended time mm-hmm. because we knew there was a deadline to it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of we thing. Hoped we hope there was. And so, cause initially it was just going to be a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? When we, who knew, who knew we right. had no idea. But I'm glad it, I didn't know, but kind of talking about how people in different service industries, it could be teaching, it could be flight attendants, it could be waiting tables, it could be... Being a nurse. Being a nurse. A doctor. How people... in. People who they're helping, how the um, fuses are just so bloody short right now mm. because kind of everyone's just... It's taken a long toll. And again, I can't relate to Wendy Williams, but I can in a way. I mean, COVID and the loneliness was... Mm really hard yeah you know if you don't have anyone living with you right you need a pet or something I yeah mean, you really do and she moved from new jersey to live in manhattan in a high rise she, she that's you know, a, that's right and there getting rid of green spaces I right mean, I there could never do that i just feel for her and i know she has struggled and her health has really struggled so i feel bad yeah for her. And, and you know she's 57 and yeah. back out in the dating world this is like not the you yeah, know like perfect time perfect timing and yeah. uh you know and and he really humiliated her. Oh, beyond. And then he gets and a she new tra- family. Right. And he's got the younger wife yeah. and the kid. And her, her son is off. Yeah. And then her mom has died. I think that's sad. I feel I for do, her. too. I really I think a lot of people, you know, still are struggling. Very much and, so. And I have to laugh, Lori, because you gave me a friend of yours, I said, has a lot of catalogs. Yeah. So um, you gave me a whole baggie of catalogs. And mm. one of them was the... Jay Peterman catalog. Oh yeah, that's still going it on, you guys. From Mr. Seinfeld, Mr. Peterman. It is a real life catalog. Like, I, I love forgot it. to bring it in today, but the descriptions of some of the clothes. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow. You got it's it. 
Well, that was there Elaine's job was I writing know. these descriptions. Yes. And it's and it in one of it, it's just so funny. I laughed so hard when yeah. I started turning the pages of descriptions from Jay Peterman's. <laughs> I know. I, when I was looking it's, at it, I go, really, that magazine, this is catalog is still happening. For real. And there was kind of some cool looking was, stuff. There was if a you couple, were going on a, some kind of a travel trip. Right. They had the coolest leather jacket for men that I think could be unisex. It was so yummy looking. Oh. But... It was like five hundred fifty. Right, right. It's not. It's, it's not for. It's not inexpensive. Yeah. Right. It's not for the faint of wallet. The Jay Peterman right. catalog. <laughs> but it was. I. But it does exist. And just the description. No, she's saving. She, uh, my friend who would gets order stuff, and she must order a lot and have a lot of fun. But she's get, get waiting for a new Boston Harbor. She really felt that you would like that one or Boston something <laughs> because it's preppy. And she's like, all, all the models remind me of Julia. And she goes, my next catalog, I'm going to save that for her. That's, oh, that's so funny because you know. I miss catalogs. You know, turning pages and looking at pictures of stuff. Apparently, if you order just a couple things from a couple places, yeah, you will start getting catalogs. Gosh, it's, I haven't it's got the proven, Sundance catalog in forever. Here's my theory. I didn't order anything the theory is if you or, order something from it and yeah. they send you a catalog, you're more likely to order from it again. I agree. Everreeve sent us a catalog. Yeah. I love getting a catalog. Mm-hmm. But it was just so funny, the Jay Peterman. I yeah, mean, I know it. Very, very funny. Um, oh, I have something to tell you guys. Okay. Okay. So, you know, a lot of us were not able to go see Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga perform either in New York. A lot of us were not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the most or, of us. Or in Vegas the, the to right. see them do their cool shows. But it was just announced today that Variety reported that um, there's going to be a trio of new TV specials that support the second album that Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett are releasing. So you're going to see on November 28th at 8 p.m. on CBS, the, the special is going to include performances from the Radio City Music Hall concerts that they just did in August. So we're going to have, be able, because we didn't get much from that at right. all. Then MTV is going to do an unplugged. And then, um, let's see, and then something else is going to happen. Um, there's going to be a third thing, but... His wife said he will not travel again. Absolutely not. He's done doing traveling, but he's still a capable performer. Mm. And um, it's it's just an opportunity to see that. So I like that CBS is going to air that for us because I really would love to see that. Yes. You know, because it sounded so cool and everything. Yeah, People sure. went, said it was amazing. So that that is happening. Right. Tonight, uh, you can watch the Washington football team. And the New is York that Giants. the name of the team? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the name. They haven't changed it now for almost two years. Yep, the Washington, the Washington football, team. football team. Versus yeah. the New York Giants. I kind of like it, actually. Do you? I do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so Seems many names lazy. that have been thrown out there that just wouldn't fit. Seems lazy. It is, but, you know. That's I, our word of the week. <laughs> lazy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I can see that. I just yeah. kind of like that they kind of stuck to their colors. It's a, it's a nice W on their helmet. Oh, it, I see what you're saying. You know, they just, they, they had to move away from the obvious, and I'm going to say, but yeah. the Redskins was yeah. their old name. They had yeah. to go away from it, and there were a lot of ones thrown out there that just didn't fit. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, fine. I like you, you having the last word on that, and you've totally switched us. From our lazy thinking to we are in wholehearted agreement with that. <laughs> Thanks, so very good powers of persuasion. There you go. All right, everyone have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.